0: The opinions expressed on the Joy Has Questions podcast are honest and based on the personal and professional experiences of myself and that of my guests. Therefore, I choose to share my experiences on my platform and it doesn't reflect the viewpoint of any corporation and or business entity. Woo! Alrighty. Now that we got that out the way, let's get on to the show. It's
1: always good. it's always good, it's always chosen, it's always chosen, always black. Hey
0: everybody, it's your girl Joy has questions coming in hot with another amazing episode. And you already know how we starting off with You Better Know. So for whatever reason, I have just been in the mood to get a lot of Black history sports facts. Like don't know why, don't know where it's coming from. It just, it is what it is. And so I was thinking about Jerome Ungala, who was like in my mind, just so fine. One of my first crushes. But he was like the first black hockey player that I remember seeing ever. Up until then the only person I ever knew was like Wayne Gretzky and he is like a legend in the NHL. But we all know that the National Hockey League is a predominantly white male sport. So, lo and behold, I go on Black History on Instagram and I find what I'm looking for like I always do on this platform. So, Arthur Dorrington on November 15, 1950 became the first Black hockey player to sign to the NHL when he joined the New York Rangers as basically on their minor league side of the organization. So because of this, the statistic for who the first Black hockey player actually goes to Willie O'Ree when he broke that color barrier in 1958 when he joined the Boston Bruins as a forward. So the thing though about Arthur Dorrington that I want to point out is although he never got called up, like he had solid statistics Throughout his entire career, and he played for the Atlantic City Seagulls of the Eastern Hockey League. So even uh, on top of, of just even breaking that barrier, what was really beautiful was how, in the late 1990s, he created the Art Dorrington Ice Hockey Foundation, which taught hockey to children from low-income families in Atlantic City. Now here's why that is so important. A lot of times when it comes to sports, it's not a matter of lack of interest or lack of ability. It's about lack of access. And some of these sports are just damn expensive. Tennis, hockey, basketball, football, everything that has to be put into the overhead, if you will, to even properly protect a child to learn the sport, that has to come out of a parent's paycheck. So if you're in a low-income household, sweetie, we're trying to keep food in this refrigerator. I'm not about to sit here and buy you no cleats or get you shoulder pads. So I think the legacy of Art Dorrington not only following his dream, but also ensuring that other black and brown babies can even have the opportunity to think about potentially being a hockey player is just so dope. Woo! All right, that felt good. Let's start the show on a high and now let's move on to the rest of Joy Has Questions. Hey, everybody. So, you know, if there is one building on planet Earth that I go up for, it is the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, a.k.a. the Black Smithsonian. So I didn't need another reason to love this building, but now they have messed around and made the entire thing digital. So when I'm telling you, I am running through this website right now like Lieutenant Uhura from Star Trek. It is not a game, people. They have activity book lists for the babies with affirmations, an entire race web portal for those hard but necessary conversations, and the exhibits are digital as well. So. If you want to just take a little deep download, educate yourself, have a good time learning amazing Black history facts, this is the time to do it. Tell them Joy Has Questions sent you, and now let's get on to the rest of the show. Hey everybody, it's your girl Joy Has Questions coming to you yet with another amazing episode. I am super, super happy to have this brother here today. Like, Super dope lyricist, super fly, humble, talented as all hell. Like, really want you all to fuck with him the way that I do because he's a good person all around. So I have Danny Twelve Tree with me today. Hey, how are you?
1: What's going on? Nice to be here.
0: Definitely, definitely. So if anyone knows how I am, you know I'm just going to jump right into it. So I originally met you random as hell a couple of years ago and found out that you were a musician, that you were, you know, in hip-hop. And started following you in your journey, yeah. and I really just wanted to start it off like, what the hell got you into like being a musician, being interested in like hip hop specifically?
1: So in high school, um, as you know here in Chicago, um, the cafeteria was always the time where we, a bunch of guys got together, a bunch of you know friends got together even, and were beating on the table and freestyling. So that was. I guess really piqued my interest early 2000s, obviously the, the era, uh, the run that hip hop had was also like gaining popularity, but it was also like transcending, um, that piqued my interest as well, but it was my best friend at the time. He, um, he was a great writer. So, you know, I would kind of like try to structure lines and poetry around him, uh, and how he went about his, his art, um, and creativity. So, um, I could say that he really kind of got me like, all right, cool, I could probably do this for real. And then it wasn't until 2015 where I actually took it serious, but definitely high school was like, that was the start for me.
0: Let me tell you something. If you couldn't do the grinding beat from the clips, you were dead to me. Like, <laughs> it was a wrap.
1: Couldn't do it. You would not you were not sitting with the cool kids if you couldn't do that.
0: No. at all. like everyone that it was something about that beast. It's like we had never heard no shit like that before. And it was just like so simple and so hard hitting. And I, to be quite honest, I think it set a lot of us or a lot of people I knew on a musical journey because it was just that dope of a sound.
1: No, nah, that's facts, that's a fact. No, definitely.
0: So, okay. So, having that, you know, you got that that bug, I should say, or that drive coming from like a best friend, and then seeing that evolve. So, currently, I kind of feel like, and you can tell me your opinions, your thoughts on this. I currently feel like when I'm looking at like everyone now, they aren't necessarily into the musicality more so the marketing. And don't get me wrong, like marketing is super important when you are an artist because the the industry you are in you've got to get people to buy into you But oh, yeah. so how do you balance that in terms of like the popularity and knowing that it's gonna come as long as you keep your grind going versus like when you see other people that lean into like i went viral or i'm popular but maybe their bars ain't as hard hitting
1: yeah um the way music is right now it's, it's very interesting but it, it leaves it leaves like artists even like, you know, just lost because, uh, and once you have people who just now started making music and stuff, but they're gaining so much traction and you've been working on your craft for like so long. You're like, God damn, what the hell am I doing wrong? Uh, so it's interesting. You know, my, my thing is longevity. Um, I make music because I'm passionate about it. I don't make music for money. Uh, and I don't make music because, you know, I I mean, obviously I make it for people because I want to share my experiences, but I don't, make it specifically for people to, to buy into, right. I want you to feel it. Um, And I would say that me balancing, like seeing what's going on and me trying to stay leveled and true to myself. um, It's just centered around passion. Like you really want to, for me, even, I I guess, I really just want to make music. I want to create something that's timeless, something that's going to live beyond my years. Um, And, you know, that's my number one focus when making music. That's what I think of when i write um i just want to share my experiences you know my moniker is what a life i say that all the time so i'm living it we're living in this short enjoy it yeah
0: i appreciate that i think it's it's something to be said to choose to be honest about your journey and to actually put that on the wax or to put that out there in the world instead of just saying like i'm gonna hide behind the moniker if you will and Completely let this image of who I'm putting out there like just take over. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we we see that all the time. Like, you look up and niggas is like, okay, he on his fourth breakdown. Like, exactly it right. wasn't based in his experience or her experience.
1: Yeah, you know, people always, um and here's the thing like, I, right, you see artists, artists be- eventually become a brand, right? You have yeah. your name and then eventually you become a brand. And when you become a brand, you start having other people do work for you essentially right so i look at it like this uh and this is where the marketing standpoint comes in like um let's say like an artist like drake right he has been attacked from other artists because he doesn't necessarily always write his lyrics right um that what i do understand is that he also is becoming a brand so for him to be everywhere is you know that's almost impossible you know for him, do everything is almost impossible. So I understand that from that, that factor. I don't think that he lacks the passion to do it. I just think that he's just gotten so big where it's like, I can't do all this by myself. And that's different from another artist that I don't want to, you know, throw salt on or anything like that, but that's different from other artists that are just like, um, I want to come into the game. I don't really write my rhymes. I don't really write lyrics because I really wasn't passionate about it anyway. I'm just making a quick, buck because my personality is, you know, is basically my my niche, so um, I'm not going to throw no names out there because that's a little <laughs> ain't what I try to. I'm not sure. I'm, so
0: it's all peace and love. Yes, I could. Yeah. I, it's not. We ain't trying to bait nobody. We like. So you heard what Danny said on George Show? Like, nope,
1: no, don't, don't put me in there. Oh, it's come back to bite artists and shit back in the day. Why am I getting all these text messages? Let's, let's mute that. Um, okay. I had like two phones. My bad, and then I have another. It's bad. I'm trapping out. <laughs>
0: Oh okay, yes, you were out here getting it. Okay, let let me. I feel the pressure. Like, let me go ahead. Like, make sure I'm I to do this I, at the right I, time.
1: Yeah, no, nah, keep. I'm chuckle. Keep going. Okay.
0: but no. Okay, so even when it comes then to like your current musical inspirations, I know you spoke about like how your personal best friend was like, "Yo," like he was kind of like pushing you. But yeah. and also, I'll put it this way: I know multiple genres can inspire people. Like. Uh-huh. For me, some days, I'm like Lil' Kim Suck My Dick. Like, that is my, like, go-to for everything. I could rap that song word for word, ablas and all to get into heaven. Don't judge me, Jesus. But yeah. then it's like, other days, I'm like, I want to listen to Cry by Faith Hill. And nobody's going to say shit about it. So, like, what are some of the genres, like, no holes bar that, like, you really, really fuck with or really help you with your own musicality?
1: Um, you know, it's crazy. I'm heavy into rock. Or I was heavy into rock, alternative music growing up, um, also. That sort of kind of piqued my interest in 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 you know like beat structure and patterns and stuff like that as well. But um, uh, I done some groups out there. I used to listen to Papa Roach, System of a Down, Nickelback. Uh, People Maddox. be
0: hating on Nickelback. I don't know why, but
1: do be hating on red They're like the rest of of you know rock music. It's, it's weird, but um, you know even more classic ACDC, Queen, okay. uh, Kings of Leon. By
0: night for, like, that is one of the best albums, period. Like, fire. fire. Okay,
1: cool. So much. But Linkin Park definitely, Corn was one of my favorites. But Linkin Park and Corn for sure, like two of my favorite groups like, growing up where I was like, yo, these guys are tough. Because they did, they dabbled in rap too, right? Uh, they had exactly. like teachers and stuff. And
0: they did that whole, they went into like that whole um, lane where they didn't. Split up per se, but I remember like the executioners was kind of like an offshoot of Linkin Park.
1: Um, yes, I agree.
0: I'll give you that. Okay. When you said Linkin Park, it made me think of Chester. Like when I found out Chester died, That's like true. when I That took me out for the day. And and it really made me realize, especially like when you in CPS, we all go into predominantly Black schools. It's like maybe three white kids that be in our school. So it's like, it wasn't like anyone was necessarily like blasting, you know, those type of groups, if you will. But I remember I had one friend, she put me on hybrid theory. And baby, when I tell you that was playing day in and day out, like that was... Truly, like, one of the best rock albums ever.
1: That was, that was, um, I can't remember what year that was, but that was when I, like, was first, I think that's when I was, like, I was just now learning about, um, I I think I was just now learning how to, like, make beats. But The thing is, I still don't know how to make beats, but that's when I was learning how to make beats, because they had hybrid theory, but then they had, like, they started doing the reanimations. I don't know if you remember Mm -hmm. those, right? And they were a little bit more like, you know, like, they were like remixes. They were like the mixtape versions, right? Um, But that's like when I was like really just trying to start making beats. I do remember that period. That was crazy. That really, yo, that really shaped me as a musician though. I love that era. That was a good time.
0: I think it's good though because it gives you like a core and a foundation, you know, and it doesn't mean that you can't, evolve in your musicality it just means like you know you have a, a a breath now to it and it ain't no different than like producers when they be out here like sampling beats from all types of shit um so now we're gonna get a little personal take it just ever so behind the curtain um so both of us Chicagoans ride or die Chicago is always, we we know the stereotypes, the media portrayal. It it very much is an eat or be eaten type of city. But at the same time, like, Chicago's fucking everything. So when it comes to you in terms of, like, how you move, not only how you move throughout the city, but how you feel like you move within your Blackness as a Black man, right, in the country and mm-hmm. how people look at Black men, um, do you use music as kind of like your outlet to combat those perceptions or like how do you you know basically handle all of that because it can be a lot of people looking at yeah. you like are you from chicago or oh, he a black dude
1: grab your purse Yeah. now that's a fact um interesting enough like outside of chicago everybody respects people from chicago it's weird when I mean, you go know, to a different city and are you from chicago this nigga must be dangerous or you know what i'm saying it's weird so it's like <laughs> there's like a level of respect where it's like people won't really fuck with you. So it's interesting. But when you're actually in Chicago, nobody gets to fuck about you being from Chicago, everybody's from Chicago. So it's different. Um, but I will say for me, music is, has always been an outlet, right? Like I, I grew up not being as expressive uh, with my peers and my friends, uh, my family. I, I never really spoke to people like that. Like I always kind of just was like, you know, I was kind of like the dude who laughed it off, but kept it bottled up. You know what I'm saying? That type thing. Uh, And it it took music to get me out of the habit of doing that because, you know, I was just able to write about it. You know, first it started with poetry, obviously, but, um, you know, I would be able to put it on, on wax. And, you know what I mean? Like, listen back to it and be like, yeah, this shit kind of crazy. And then other people would hear it and be like, yo, that shit kind of hit me. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, that's dope, but, you know, and that's why I do it now, you know what I'm saying, that's who I do it for specifically, it's, like, people like that, like, you know, essentially who don't have a voice or who essentially won't use their voice in their platform, so it's, like, uh, music has always been a way for me to express my feelings, and I'm, uh, I'm happy for that, you know what I mean, no, I'm grateful, that, yeah, no,
0: sure. I completely get that, I think it's just, I kind of feel like hearing the way you express it, especially when you say like you kept things bottled up, like it's almost like it was therapy, like it was your form of therapy.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, um, for one, I think everybody needs therapy. OK, I, I think music is good, but everybody does need therapy. I do think everybody needs therapy, even if you feel like you're the happiest person alive. Niggas life. You need therapy. Um, so that's important. And finding your niche in the world is another thing. Um, find something that you're passionate about and something that I guess that will exercise your mind and, and your body, right? Alleviate all tension and um, any negative thoughts you had or um, just get you away from, I guess, reality. Cause reality is the world's in a fucked up place. So whatever, whatever yeah. allows you to shape that um, I think that's what you should put your focus towards and um, you know, just let it guide you, let it shape you. Um, obviously, you know, the world is gonna fucking keep worlding. And <laughs> so yeah, be not a bird. <laughs>
0: like, really? Cause I, I'm like, it's like 70 degrees in Chicago right now. And I'm just like, okay, so ain't nobody it, seen snow.
1: It's O D. This it's, it's worlding right now. So we're just we're just spinning in this bubble. Um, so I mean, you just gotta keep yourself happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I make you happy, find people who share passions uh similar to yours ambition similar to yours and rock with those people so
0: I completely agree and I think what it does is it helps for me at least it really helps me like not give a fuck about the stereotypes or it's like not internalize it so much because there uh, let's be real like there are some moments where I'm like if I hear one more person ask me about is Chicago (laughs) dangerous (laughs) the carjackings and the kids I'm like I am fine when I, I'm good in any hood. Okay. And to be quite honest, it prepares me for any other place I go to. Cause you know how to move. Like, no, you ain't going to find me on the West side of Baltimore at three o'clock in the morning. That's it. But if it's like 1030, I'm going to say what's up all news. i so like, Hey, good morning. Like it just, it's a really great learning lesson. Even if it is a very visceral and sometimes painful one.
1: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. But nonetheless, like you said, like you make it here, you make it anywhere. All right. You ready? You ready I'm for it. a day and two nights in hell type shit? You ready? Right. right. You'll make I'm
0: it. be like, where the corner store at? Number one. Right.
1: <laughs> where is it at? I'll make it. Pitchforks, I've seen those before. Like, you'll make it in hell. You'll be all right.
0: Exactly. I'm here for it. Okay. So, this is the one thing that I really just was trying to figure out because I think this might. Like, I'm not gonna bet or say what I think is about to be your answer, Uh but I consider myself type A journalist. I am on my shit. Okay. And you were very good at hiding yours in the sense of I couldn't find your name to save my life, which brought me to the larger point, right? Like real (laughs) stands like Birdman. Like I couldn't find your name to save my life which gives me to like the second point or made me think actually about kind of like the protection that yeah. comes when you have like a stage name or the importance also of keeping like a piece of yourself for yourself like even i think about it like joy has questions yes it's a representative of my personality but joy has questions is not joy yeah Even though know, like I, I put that in there so if you don't want to tell me, fine. But just explain, like, so what, what was the reason for you, like, creating your, your stage name? Like, what does it mean for you? And uh, why did you feel the need to make it separate from your actual name?
1: So I was going to originally go with Just Rich, but that was already ours. I felt like Just Rich was fine. So my name is uh, Richard Daguerre. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. Um, it's an interesting name. I didn't, really, I didn't really like my name growing up. You know what I'm saying? It was just, I was just different. Like, I was always different, but I had to deal with, like, regular, like, kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kids, like, making fun of everything.
0: Deontay talking shit. Like, seriously? Like?
1: So my name is Rishar, which was similar to retard. So they would always say shit. I'm like, ah, yeah. But the thing is, I never got bullied. Like, I was never, I was never bullied. But to keep it that way, I just was like, nah, just call me Rishar right so the pronunciation i would change a little bit um just to keep you know that that saved me through like i guess like you know grammar school all the way up to like high school maybe like mid-high school after why while i didn't care at all um so that was good uh and secondly i guess i changed my my stage name um because in high school i used to call myself uh what the fuck did i call myself in high school i i, I was running through it i was running through a lot of like Fucking I was shapeshifting. shifting. I don't know what the hell I was doing in high school. But let's say let's start with Danny Twitch. So I went around this this is the same time I told you, like I, I started taking it a little bit more serious. 2015, 16. I no, 14 actually. I um I went to I went to London. My uncle's in London, he stays in Lake Heath. And um at the time my best friend was also in the military too with my uncle, same base, Air Force. And he was also stationed in Lake and Heath. And I went out there to visit them solo, right? So I flew to London, Uncle came to get me, took me to the base, stayed there, chopped it up with them, talked about music, talked about Chicago, life, you know, got my experiences in London.
0: Brixton, shout out, because that's my favorite part.
1: Brixton, <laughs> yeah, pick the hoodest part. Pick the hoodest part. But uh, but yeah, so you know, I had a ball out there. Um, Stayed five days there. Then I took the train, Kings Cross into Paris. And um, I stayed five days in Paris solo. Here's what I wasn't prepared for I didn't have the outlet, um, like converter, because you know, this shit is different. Oh,
0: yeah, it's different. I'm
1: listening on the plane, I'm on the train, and my phone's about to die. So I have to get to my hotel. Hotel's near the Eiffel Tower. And, you know, I'm scrambling now to, like, get my shit. Luckily, I'm Haitian, so my foundation is, is similar to French. Dialects and Creole and shit like that. So I'm able to navigate myself and find, figure out directions just by asking questions and things like that. Um, now, obviously in French. And once my phone died, I think I landed at 11, 11, I think, I, yeah, 11 a.m. I landed or I arrived in the terminal. It didn't take me, I guess it took me like five, six hours to check in. Five, six hours later, I, I finally arrived at my hotel. So I footed, I footed the whole shit. To this day, I can walk from the train station all the way back to my hotel. That's it was, but I took, and I'm glad I did. This is why I walk everywhere now, like when I'm out of the country. I wouldn't say out of the city because I don't care. I'm taking Uber. But out of the country, I walk places because... Like, I'm I'm finding so much shit that we don't have here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say all that to say my experience of, in Europe kind of shaped that name. There's an English rugby player named uh, Billy 12 Trees. And I remember watching, I can't remember, it was like England versus somebody else. I don't remember. But I thought that name was interesting. And my uncle had a friend named Daniel Wright. Uh, and he said, Daniel Wright's probably like pulled opposite of me right like he's just like this uppity kind of you know stick up the butt kind of dude like he's just like you know extremely proper and shit uh and um the name just spawned when i came back like i came back with a whole new alias because i just felt like a whole different person like i that was the first time i ever been to europe and um it was just so interesting. Like, it was just like, yo, this shit is crazy. And I, I came back, I was like, yo, I'm going to take this shit serious. And I think I just came up with that shit on the plane. I just put two and two together. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to rock with it. Um, and then boom, that was the ascension. That was the villain origin story right there. Not
0: the villain origin So No, I think it's dope yeah. that that is.
1: I'm going to play the villain.
0: Okay. Interesting perspective. I see you there. But you know what? I will say, I think villains have
1: more fun the story's always better like nobody cares about you dying in a lab waking up with superpowers This shit corner
0: sometimes that's the villain story like they just some but random shit happened to them
1: it's more traumatic they get like trauma they get beat abused and then they want to take out their revenge on the world that that shit it makes sense to me
0: i'll be honest two of my favorite villain no three Maleficent and then I, I know like we gotta bring it back, but I'm like Maleficent was cold as hell. Um, poison ivy literally was just out here trying to save plants because humans are trash. And
1: Thank you. all and bad- that
0: woman got caught up in some shit because she got set up by her whole job and didn't even realize that they were trying to like be on some illegal shit. So they turned her into a bad bitch just basically she was like not even trying to go.
1: These are all baddies we're talking about too, and they were gorgeous. So
0: Selena Cow, yeah. forever my fave. but no, that's what that. I think that's something in general.
1: <laughs> nah, but that's facts. Like you, you see, the thing is, the world they be trying to play this trick on you, right? And we just want you to believe that the superhero is the good guy. It's not always the case.
0: Sometimes but the yeah. superhero is, is the problem. But no, I think um, I think what's amazing about you, like, or bringing it back full circle, what's amazing about you talking about what that did is almost like you left. You know, one way, Ricard, and then you came back as Danny, like it was a growing up in a sense or an evolution. And you sure. also say, like, it made you treat your craft or want to take your craft more seriously. Definitely. So that was a huge energy shift that I think a lot of people need to have those moments to really understand, like, look, is this just a hobby? Is this some shit I just do for fun so I could, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I rap? Or is it like, nah, like, this is a part of my soul and who I am? So that's super dope to hear.
1: Yeah, it is. I appreciate that. Thank
0: you. No, no, totally. So, moving into how you currently been fucking killing it, like I definitely was like, ooh, new songs, let me download. But outside of that, you just had the bomb ass opportunity to like open up for Dave East. I saw you like chopping it up with him. That brother is doing his thing. And then not only just as like rapping, but I'm like, he now didn't like went into acting. I'm like, oh, he trying to be like somebody little double threat up here.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: so what was that like, walk me through that experience. What was that like? And like, how has that like changed you or like made you want to go harder?
1: Yeah, I mean, like people shun the idea of like just opening up for people. And, and I don't know why, but people really like, see it as like, uh, I don't know, like some clout shit. Um, it's weird for me. I, I I really am interested in you know learning about these people, talking to these people, grabbing you know bits and pieces, you know picking their brain and shit like that. I think that shit is super dope. Um, Stop me if I'm not supposed to curse on here because I curse a lot anyway. I
0: do too. You're fine. Like this is. I have like the disclaimer. This is joy. So I'm
1: about to say now. You know, niggas here. All right. um, but no. So yeah, like that is um. That's something I like value. Right. I value learning. Like I'm a, I'm forever a student of the game, uh, the game being life and IE hip hop. So, um, within that. So me opening up for bro was just, you know, my management working that out with the production side of, you know, the, the, whatever venue that was, I can't remember right now. Um, it was far as shit Instead of West Chicago, we're thinking like West side of Chicago, there's a city called West Chicago. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, past Rosebud, Like, what are we talking?
1: Yeah. There's a oh, city yeah. called Chicago. It's just far. So it's like, I mean, it wasn't that far. Like an hour, hour and half, Some change. But, you know, we're thinking like the west side somewhere, subterranean. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that thing will not nah, it. It's just far. Um, but yeah, it was a super dope time. You know, I got to chop it up about him. I mean, chop it up with him. You know, my management flew into town. Uh, they know his people even because they're from New York as well. So they know a couple of his people who chopped it up with some of the A&Rs there and, you know, uh, his touring manager and things like that. So we're able to build connections. The more, you know, the more you perform, the more you meet these people, you're able to establish connections. So obviously, they're in the crowd, too, or they're backstage. But they hear it. They hear the effects of the the actual crowd moving. You know what I'm saying? And, and they want to know, like, yo, who's rocking the crowd? Who's rocking the stage like that? Um so, you know, I take all that shit in stride, you know what I'm saying? And that 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 means a lot to me, especially on the on this journey here. So but yeah, like you mentioned, it is it's definitely been a remarkable journey through the pandemic and everything, uh, for us to even still be able to perform and, and make music and you know what I'm saying, just you know, shift along through this the, these uh trying times. So um yeah, I mean I I love it. Like every time I get up on the stage, like nothing else matters. Like I don't get st- right you know i perform i wrote my lyrics so i know them. nobody else knows them. it's just like i get up there and it's just like i just black the fuck out like it's weird it's a weird i have a very weird way of going about performance so i get i get anxious right but i never i'm never nervous like i get up there and I, I like to talk in front of people so i get up there and once the beat drops like, everything just like slows down. It's weird. It's like some movie shit. I, I got to do. Music. I
0: get it. I have. I I have my parallel moments. That been now keep keep talking about yeah. yours.
1: I'm I'm thinking like on some movie shit. I can't even think of a movie right now that was like that. But like everything just like, like obviously
0: like, wanted like when uh Angela Jolie where they're like the assassins and it's like everything when they doing yeah. it it's like in slow motion for them.
1: Yeah, even the Matrix or some shit. Like you know what I'm saying when Neo finally arrived. And you know they had that big ass shootout in like that little banking area and mm-hmm. like shit like that, it was just like i right, yeah, I'm about to murder this shit, so um, I enjoy it. obviously <clears throat> we're working on getting you know bigger to where we're trying to do our own fucking tours and shit, but the journey has been it's been long, but it's it's definitely been rewarding, like you know is my second time second no, it's my third time now being paid for a show, so you know <laughs> trying to get paid for shows um
0: yesterday's price is not today's price like let that stock keep going up
1: let it keep going up yeah so yeah you yeah, know i'm 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 having a ball
0: i think that you hit on something that was is super important it's the fact of like it's the relationships and the connections that you're making oh. and i think a lot of times you know you can just think like, yo, I'm the baddest, I've been doing this forever, but it's like, yeah, but your net worth is also your network. Like if people don't know you, like you're gonna be the best in a crowd of one. So you still need to make those connections with the right people. and then also, because when you have put in those 10,000 hours or as you're moving towards doing that, you know you got what it takes to rock a crowd or you know what you got it takes to like to actually create a body of work. It's just a matter of having the opportunity.
1: For sure. I mean, but you got to put yourself out there, right? So sure. a lot of people don't want to do that. I'm going to dial it back and stuff like that. But you don't get no exposure by not being on the field. You don't get no, you don't like get no experiences, right? It's like playing a fucking game in the NBA. Like right? if you're on the bench, you're going to learn about niggas. If you, don't, if you ain't out there, you're not going to know. Like, you know what I'm that, saying? Okay. You got to definitely put out there.
0: No, so. completely, completely agree with that. And I think it's dope to see that, like, someone of, have- to me, like, I feel like Davies did the exact, like, he was a hustler. He was like, let me just stick with it and keep going. So it's like, I think that's something where, you know, real recognized role and you can have, like, that mutual respect.
1: So, Hey, peoples, man. We chopped it up briefly about music. Um, you know, obviously him doing the Wu-Tang series mm-hmm. was phenomenal. He's doing a great job with that. Um, you know, and, you know, you know, I we're, we're destined to see each other again. Like, I'm always in New York. Because, you know, I said my management's out there. And, uh, you know, family's out there. So I'm always in New York. I'm always on the East Coast. And, um, yeah, it's just like what I was saying. It was just like you keep showing face and the, the amount of circles. People are just going to start to ask questions about you. Like, yo, who the fuck is dude? I keep seeing him. So. Yeah. Gotta... Let
0: that buzz build. I'm like, I'm here for it. Um, okay. So just moving into this then. So is this... With everything that goes on, like we you know being young, being popping, you out here like trying to focus on your goals. Like how do you balance that with like your personal not and not even just from like a dating aspect. I mean like period. Like you still somebody's son, you still like a family member or friend like, "Who what happened?" How do you like show up um for everyone?
1: Sorry, I got a call. Got no <laughs> um, for me, um... Uh... That's very easy. Like, you know, my, I always answer my phone. You know what I'm saying? Just, just send me a message. Just reach out. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm, my thing is helping people. <clears throat> like, I'm a big put people first type of thing. Like I got that from my parents who grew up always having to share. So that's not really hard for me. You know what okay. I'm saying? i talking about some relationship stuff. Like, girlfriends. And then it becomes, like, a little bit more challenging right? Because, I mean, relationships, that's constant work. With family, it's it's a little easier. It's um, so, like, yeah, you need a favor, all right, cool, make sure you had this back, you know, blase blase right? let's go about it, do it, no differences. Or, you know, I do shit out of the kindness of my heart all the time. Just as you would in a relationship, but it's a little bit more challenging than that, right? Relationships are very hard. That's why I'm single now. Um, but yeah. Because
0: your family, know, it's kind of like the built-in trust or like the the baseline trust level, I don't have to like worry about getting to know you, period. And then on top of it being like, am I playing myself? Am I being vulnerable? It's like with your family. It's like, nigga, I don't care. Just bring my car back in one piece. Bring
1: shit back. Like, that's it. Like, if you can't do that, we, you know, you can't do nothing, my nigga. But yeah. But yeah, yeah, you get it. No, it makes
0: total sense. I, I call it, my friends make fun of me for it because they were like, girl, get it together. But I'm like, this is why I eat kale and mind my business. Like, I just oh. focus and be done with it. So no, I, I get it on that end.
1: Kale is fire. I'm a, I'm a kale fanatic. I'm a kale fan. Kale salad.
0: Let me fuck your head up real quick. Talk to I me. Figure it out, because I was spending so much money at Whole Foods, especially one in Hyde Park, because they be taxing like hell but I really love like the kale chips. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like, I understand, like, yes, I'm at a certain place in my life, but there's still like the little black girl in me. It's like, you need to take your ass to one stop. Like you did as a child because ain't nobody got money like this. But I figured out a way you can like bake kale and make it taste just like them kale. fucking fire. You wild. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was like... So I am the baddest bitch that has ever lived <laughs> because I figured I had to do this.
1: I'm crying. Yeah, I'm gonna need the kale chips when I pull up to be more, so.
0: Well, look, it is better to spend $10 uh, for a bag. Inflation is real out here. I got you. Um, so moving into like your goals of what it is that you're trying to do, like going forward, right? Like how you see yourself progressing, not only as an artist, but as a man, you know, how do you find that like intertwined? What are some like, things that you are really looking forward to in your future
1: um property you know owning a lot of it um is super important right now i'm exploring the nft metaverse Open realm key.
0: get but, on it
1: yeah my little brother he's big and 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 that he's very knowledgeable about stuff like that he's starting his own nft i think clothing line and things like that um really out to him for that my family's already in property. So I'm I'm surrounded by I'm surrounded by it already. Um and we're definitely trying to just connect the dots here. So that's definitely something we got going on. Um obviously music, you know, I want to continue traveling. But considering the state of pandemicness or whatever, I don't even know if that's a word. I just made that up. But you know, I don't know. We're about to see what the fuck is about to happen. Yeah. Fucking vaccines aren't working. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm I'm so I'm so lost. Um, but yeah, that
0: that's, it's it's pretty sure nobody respected Miss Prizzle. Like we all watched the Magic School Bus, and then everybody said fuck her and just did what the hell they wanted to do.
1: And look at us, look at us now, fucked up. Right. We didn't listen to none of those niggas, Bill Nye. We just.
0: Bill, we you just, see, Bill Nye has stopped talking. Like Bill Nye, Bill Tyson, the ground like the real was even between them, where they're like, "Look, I've, hey, I've done be- all I can do."
1: Y'all niggas gotta figure it out. I'm exactly. going. Out. That shit's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, they left us. It's cool though. I understand. Um, but yeah, those are some of the goals I got. Um, definitely exploring the NFT shit because that's that's major right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, trapping, you know, you know? <laughs> the high here in the bando, you know, making a way.
0: No, I got you. I got you. Also, uh, Joy has questions. Media does not so condone. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> we out here banging on Joy Has questions. No, exactly. we but-
0: like, hey, not that we all. So apparently, you had one of the king. No, <laughs> leave me out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, I think that's super. We are just in a space of like our humanity has completely just like. Jackknifed off of a cliff. And I think now more than ever, you really have to be right with your soul and like who you are as a person. I think like gone are the days where people really are giving a fuck about like success from like the standard of like, what are you doing (laughs) with your job? Or are you showing up as like the rich auntie? I I aspire for none of that. I aspire for like, are you a good person? (laughs) Like, um, and what are you doing to make some of this these hellish decisions be better? So I think that's super dope for you. I personally totally see you like just moving into your your music and really developing. I'm I'm waiting on like the other EPs to drop, I'm waiting on your full body work, like your first real album to drop. So um and I'm also looking forward to you doing that without the the strings of corporate America trying to make you do some like deal that is fucking whack doesn't get you your publishing rights. You got to now do a, a bunch of seven whack hours where you can even try and get your master's back. So yep. if yeah. independent is the way to go, then my brother ended like, look, young doll Nipsey. These are all great masterpiece, all great models of, of independent labels and how to make sure you get the most out of your, the bank for your buck. So.
1: For sure. I appreciate that. Definitely want to do the independent route um, just want to tap into the resources that we have from the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more challenging, obviously, because like, you know, with the big label backing, like.
0: They're a machine.
1: Yeah. Essentially you're able to do anything and everything. So, um, it just, it just allows you to, to pivot, you know, through the, through the industry a little bit more differently than you would. Independently you're, you're competing with placements on playlisting and, placements and tv radio it's like it's weird but everything's being paid for so it's like if you're not able to pay for that which is a lot of money then you know what i mean that's probably a, a
0: lot of overhead like yeah. and you do have to balance it so but i'm just saying like and you're like that is the ultimate goal i want to see you like thrive and prosper you are one of the the few unproblematic black men i'm like come through you ain't never seen this thing you know Scandal, chicago media takeout ain't going like did you see what he did this week? Like, I salute you, so wishing you nothing but the best, and thank you for taking this time to talk to me.
1: Appreciate it. Anytime. We gotta do this again. Matter of fact, we will to do it again on our platform, the What Up Joe podcast. Shout out.
0: Yay! I would love to. Thank you so much, love. And then, everyone, I will see you all next week for another episode of Joy Has Questions.
1: always always
0: So for this week's motivational message, I just really want us to all know this. Take your time, beloved. Take your time, not what somebody else thinks you should be doing, not what you see happening amongst your friend circle, not what happens when you're scrolling through your social media accounts at people who seem to be successful and have cracked the code and want to turn around and give you some ambiguous steps as to how they did it. Take your time. Because it's your life. It's your journey. It is for you to figure out your destiny. The key word in all of this is either you or your. And if you're looking in the mirror and you're talking to yourself, I, that is the only entity that's the only person that matters. So don't feel like you are going too slow. Don't feel like you need to speed up the pace. Don't feel like you need to catch up to somebody. Don't feel like you need to be the Joneses. Don't feel like you need to prove any fucking thing to any fucking body. The only conversation that you have to have is between you and God. The only conversation that you have to have is between you and the universe. The only conversation that you have to have is between you and yourself. Take your time. Find out what truly makes you happy when you strip away all the expectations that everyone else has put in front of you. And I promise you, even though that journey and that road will still be hard, It still will have flows and ebbs. It still will have peaks and valleys. It will be yours to own. And there is nothing more beautiful than something that is yours. Take pride in that. Hold your head up high because of that. And don't let nobody put no pressure on you in terms of who they think you should be. I hope everyone has a beautiful week. And let's get to it. And I'll see you for another episode of Joy Has Questions.